And now, Taking Care of Business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 220. Our guest today is Alicia Butler-Pierre, founder and CEO of Equilibria, a 16-year-old operations management firm designing scale-ready business infrastructure for fast-growing organizations. Alicia hosts the weekly Business Infrastructure Curing Back Office Blues podcast and is an adjunct professor of operations management at Nichols College. She is also the author of a two-time Amazon bestseller, Behind the Facade, How to Structure Company Operations for Sustainable Success. Good morning, Alicia. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Shai, and hi, Craig. Hey there, it's great to have you on board today, Alicia. Thank you. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, very excited to have you here today and, you know, learn more about your company, Equilibria, but also your experience as an entrepreneur and what you've learned and, and of course, as an author. We'll get to that in a moment. But let's start with Equilibria. How did you first find yourself in this business? Quite by accident. I wish I could tell you that it was planned and that it was intentional, but it was anything but. I actually decided to start my company. It's It's been around for 17 years now. Every time I say that, I, I just can't believe that it's been that long. But it really started, Shy and Craig, as a result of me being completely frustrated at not being able to find a job. My first career out of college was as a chemical engineer. And eventually, I went back to business school to pursue an MBA. And I was living in New Orleans, Louisiana at the time, decided I didn't want to be in New Orleans anymore. I didn't want to work as an engineer. So I stopped everything, quit everything that I knew and loved and relocated to Atlanta, Georgia, where I knew one person at the time. And I really thought I was going to get a job working at Coca-Cola. And I thought I would be able to leverage my engineering skills as well as my newly minted MBA. And that did not happen. And I realized the amount of time, effort, and energy that I was spending in searching for a J-O-B working for someone else, after about two months of that, what seemed to be endless, soulless job searching, I decided to redirect that time, effort, and energy into creating my own opportunity. And that's truly how Equilibria got started. So tell us about your philosophy and the work that you do. Sure, sure. Well, a quick side note about my personal mantra, which is leave it better than you found it. I am a recovering perfectionist, Craig and Shy, and I used to really get bent out of shape when I would spend so much time as a consultant working with these different clients. Sometimes they may not actually implement everything that I would recommend. I would get paid for my services, but I really wanted to see them implement. And sometimes they wouldn't do that. And I finally had to accept and be okay with understanding whether or not I left the situation that I originally encountered better than the way I found it. And that's how I started to deal with my perfectionism (laughs) and really focus on impact in a different way, impact from that perspective? Did I at least leave a situation better than I found it? That is my litmus test for success. Equilibria, we are a boutique operations management consulting firm, 
And we specialize in creating what I call business infrastructure for fast-growing smaller businesses. We do work on projects for larger corporations, but our number one love and passion is definitely for the smaller businesses. And I know you coined this term business infrastructure. So let's talk more about that. What are the areas that you focus on that you feel set you apart? Well, business infrastructure in and of itself, I often tell people it's a blessing and it's a curse. It's a blessing because there are not a lot of people out there in the world talking about business infrastructure. But that's also why it can be a curse oftentimes is because people don't instinctively know to go and search for business infrastructure solutions on the web. But the types of companies that we work with are businesses that are already in existence. And they tend to not have an issue of not having enough customers. They have an exact opposite issue. They may have too many customers. They may have demand that they can't necessarily supply. They can't meet that demand. And it's usually when a small, fast-growing company is at that stage that they start to realize and understand the value of something like business infrastructure. And when I say business infrastructure, what I'm really talking about is how do you link the people, the processes, and the tools and technologies that you're using to run your everyday operations, how do you link all of those different elements together in a way that is profitable, sustainable, and repeatable? And that is your business infrastructure. And so, Alicia, I know that you took this process, this idea of business infrastructure, and really codified it in your book, Behind the Facade. So tell us what led you to write that book. Very much like I didn't imagine myself starting a business, or at least not the business that I'm in, I did not see myself writing a book, to be honest with you. I began working with a digital marketing consultant toward the end of 2017. And one of the first things he recommended that I do was write a book. And of course, I resisted. Because I told him I didn't know how to write a book. There wasn't a book inside of me. And he said, no, you, you need to write a book. And I started to give it some more thought. And one of the things that he told me, which ended up being excellent advice, aside from writing the book in and of itself, was, well, you've written all of these blog articles. Why don't you go back and take a look at a lot of those blog posts that you've written and just put those together in a book format? So I started doing that, Craig and Shy. But what I ended up with was something that was very much, honestly, like the typical business book that you would read. And I knew that it needed to be a little bit more entertaining. And the reason I say that is because the topic of operations and business infrastructure in and of itself, people, it's really not exciting to most people. They would much rather read a business book about sales or marketing or social media, not about operations. So I have to figure out how can I make this more entertaining, more appealing to a broader group of business owners and entrepreneurs. And that's where the storytelling format of the book came into play. So I started to really think about all of the clients that I worked with up to the point of me writing the book. And these characters just kind of appeared in my head. And each character that's featured in the book 
is really a composite of, I would say, anywhere from four to seven different people that I actually worked with. Now, the stories in and of themselves that are told throughout the book in different chapters, the stories are fictional, but sometimes rooted in actual things that may have happened when I worked with a certain client. But that is what makes the book so different is that it doesn't necessarily have to be read chapter to chapter. It's intentionally designed where you can go in and read one chapter at a time, but not necessarily in sequential order. So if you decide, I really want to know more about how to document my company's processes, how do I do that? Well, you can go directly to chapter eight and read that chapter and that chapter only. And then when it comes to another part of building your business infrastructure, for example, how to build your team, then you may decide several months later that that's the next chapter that you would like to read. So in my opinion, that's what really sets the book apart. Plus it's the first book. And I only knew this once the book actually went to be published. It is the first book in the world that has ever been written about business infrastructure exclusively for smaller businesses. So it's truly one of a kind. Alicia, it's fascinating that, as we know, there are 6,000 plus business books out there and growing fast. But it's really interesting that you've focused on a core structural element of a company and really focusing on that sustainability issue. We can roll up something real quick and throw it against the wall and let the operations run a little bit and we'll do the, the Band-Aid method. We'll fix something that's broken and go along. But to start out with a foundation that's solid and built on an infrastructure for growth really is a great step forward. And we appreciate your contribution there. From a high level standpoint, trying to visualize us a little bit to you, what companies or a company out there that kind of represents the best example of what infrastructure looks like and what good processes look like? Oh, that is a great question. I will focus on a very recent personal example, and it might surprise you, but it's a hospital. And though it's not a small business, there are definitely elements that I'm hoping those who are listening to this right now can really pay attention to and figure out how to apply to their business. So I had surgery, a very major surgery, actually, back in late April, still somewhat recovering. I'm about 90% through my recovery period. But I have to tell you, Craig, I was so absolutely impressed with their process. And being that I am an operations person, I, of course, naturally look at these types of things. One of the first things that really struck me was the attention to detail. I paid attention to all of the forms that were being filled out. I paid attention to the fact that even though there were some handoffs, handoffs meaning different people that I interacted with, whether it be different nurses, the doctors, the, the anesthetists, all of the different people that were a part of this overall team that was dedicated to making sure that I had a successful surgery, everything was just so smooth. I, I could not, as a patient, as their customer, I could not have asked for a better set of circumstances. The reason I know they had such a good process is because as the customer, as the patient, I didn't experience any hiccups. There was never once a situation where someone had some information that was incorrect 
in my file. There was never a time when someone accidentally called me by the wrong name. I was never asked a question about a different type of surgery. Those are the kinds of clues that let me know that they were really plugged in and that the information was being entered into whatever system they were using correctly. And it was being filtered and passed along to every other person who was a part of my surgical team. And then post-surgery, the level of care that I received and always having a very clear understanding of what the next steps would be, that was golden. So again, that told me that they have a process that is tried, tested, and true. It's proven, and it's something that they can replicate over and over and over again. And it's probably something I would imagine that they have continuously improved over a set number of years and probably something that they will continue to innovate and improve upon. So I hope that's just one example. So from a business infrastructure perspective, they had the team, they had the people, which were the nurses, the doctors, again, the the anesthetists, the anesthesiologists, all of the, the, the waiting staff, the staff that helped with all of the paperwork, the processes, the actual pre-surgery, during surgery and post-surgery processes that were in place. And then as far as the tools and the technologies, gosh, I don't even know where to begin when it came to the different tools and technologies that they leveraged, but all of those elements were there. Everything was cohesive. It was like you had all of these puzzle pieces that came together and fit very nicely so that as a customer, as their patient, I never once experienced any type of a hiccup. I never experienced any type of disjointed information. Everything flowed as seamlessly as possible. That's what business infrastructure looks like. And I think this is also a good example because we have to think about the experience that we are creating for our customers. So again, in this case, I was the customer as their patient. That's a great example. This brings to light a large problem I find in our businesses is that the top C-level or the business owners never get to be the customer. They just don't see themselves as being a quality control element and an ambassador for their business. And it's so funny to be in businesses where you'd love to go into the board meeting or the executive meeting, or even the owner and say, okay, you do this, you put this together, you read the instructions, you tell me how the experience was. And like you're saying, when we have a personal experience with any business, we marvel at somebody's got it right. Right. (laughs) Why isn't this more normal than exception? I think it's because of what we were discussing not too long ago, and that is There just isn't any attention given to the day-to-day operations. We tend to be reactive. In other words, once customers start complaining, because as we all know, an angry customer is always going to be much louder than a happy customer. It's not until, unfortunately, we start to receive a barrage of complaints, bad online reviews, high customer turnover. That's when we start to pay attention to, hmm, I wonder why this is happening. Instead of being more proactive and getting that business infrastructure in place from the very beginning, I'm also a Lean Six Sigma practitioner. And one of the tenets of the Lean Six Sigma framework for process improvement is that 
every single improvement that you make to the way your company is operating must be done with the customer in mind. This is what it means to have a truly customer-centric company. They're the reason we're all in business. Even if you have a nonprofit organization or you are a leader within a governmental entity, you still have customers. They may not pay you or there may not be a profit necessarily, but you do have a customer. And everything that you do has to be done from that customer's perspective. What's going to ultimately provide value to your customer? As long as you truly keep your customers at the heart and at the center of everything your company is doing, I guarantee you, you would eliminate a lot of these operational flaws that might exist in your company. But until you start to really see that connection and understand how to connect those dots, yeah, you are running a risk of exactly what you just described, Craig. Unfortunately, imploding, that can happen. Businesses fail because they have too much business and because they've ignored operations for so long and they didn't put a business infrastructure in place. Now they're at risk of losing it all, everything that they've worked so hard to build. So customer centricity is so key. And it's something that, again, we have to be proactive about and not reactive. So Alicia, what mistakes do you commonly see when you parachute into an organization who's struggling in these areas? What are the top things that show up for you? Number one, nothing is documented. All of the information resides in people's heads, which is always dangerous because anything can happen. I mean, again, I'll use myself as an example with my own company because I am a huge advocate that we should all practice what we preach. I was out for a good month and it was expected that I would be out for three months. Thankfully, it ended up only being a month, but I was away from my business for an entire month. Was everything going to fall apart because I wasn't there? Thankfully, it didn't. But the only reason it didn't was because we had certain things documented. Everyone knew what they were responsible for doing. But had those things not been captured, it would have been a mess. It would have been a total disaster. So that's one of the first things is that the information just isn't documented. And so if someone decides to leave the company, if someone is out on vacation, if someone gets sick, anything can happen. What will happen if that person is away? And it's not just you as the leader. If you as the leader are away, what could happen if anyone on your team is away? Would things stop or would they continue flowing? The other thing that I notice is that they start to fail their audits. For those businesses that are heavily regulated, they start failing those audits. Now they're really in trouble because if they don't pass that next inspection or that next audit, whatever that governing body is can actually shut down their entire business, their entire operation. So that's another very serious thing. Another thing is high attrition, high employee turnover. And it's so easy to blame people before you blame a process. So you can't get angry at someone because they didn't do something the way you thought they should have done it if you don't have it documented. If you have it documented and that product doesn't meet a certain specification or the service wasn't delivered the way that it should have been, that's one issue. But if the results of the work is inconsistent because nothing has been documented, you have to blame yourself as the leader. You have to blame the process or the lack thereof before you can justifiably blame the people who may be performing an ad hoc process. So those are some of the things 
shy that I notice whenever I go into some of these, again, really fast growing smaller businesses. And so tell us a little bit about the process and frameworks that you've implemented to actually help people, first of all, identify where they are and also begin to think about their choices in a different way. Sure. So it starts with, and thank you so much for allowing me to share the framework. So (laughs) I've also created a framework and this framework for creating business infrastructure, it's really designed to help businesses answer four key questions. And those questions are, what work needs to be performed? Who will perform that work? How is that work organized? And how is the work performed? If you can answer those four questions and it's documented somewhere, then you're well on your way to having a solid business infrastructure, that solid foundation that, as Craig mentioned, upon which you can grow in a sustainable way and not just grow, but truly scale to a completely different level. I have a series of different exercises that I take companies through in answering those four questions. And this might sound really (laughs) primitive, what I'm about to describe, but I use tools, believe it or not, as simple as index cards and stick figures to quickly help these leaders and their team members in these smaller companies understand what work they're performing. So that's what we're writing on those different index cards. We're literally going through the painstaking task of identifying every single activity that is performed in the business, no matter how mundane or how complex. So that answers the question, what work needs to be performed? In order to figure out how is the work organized, the next thing that we do is we actually look at all of those index cards, and I challenge that leader and his or her team members to get into a room at the same time and start to group activities that are similar in nature into columns. So if you can imagine you're in a room, you have this large table, you have easily 300, if not more, index cards spread out across this table, each of which represents a different activity that you're performing in your business. And you start to group the activities that are somewhat similar into different columns. And what I then challenge that leader and his or her team to next answer is, for each column of activities that have been identified, if you had to assign those activities to a department what would the name of that department be? So you could easily come up with things like, oh, this represents our production department. This is our design department. This is our sales department, operations, marketing, facilities management, so forth and so on. So that answers the second question, how is the work organized? How is that work organized into actual departments? And then where the stick figures come into play is I then ask them to take stick figures place it above certain activities within each department that they've identified and ask themselves in a perfect world, if you had access to all of the resources that you needed, who ideally should perform each of these different activities? And this is where the light bulb starts to really go off for so many people because it's such a visual exercise. That's when people start realizing, oh my gosh, This is why things are so chaotic. I'm literally doing the work of six different people. I have identified six different roles. And if you were to ask me who's doing that work current state, like as of today, it's me. 
<laughs> yep. So, so and, and I won't go through, I know probably running out of time. If I may, I will just say this. Those exercises alone, using those index cards and those stick figures will help you create more transparent job descriptions. It will help you create an organizational chart that you've probably never had for your business before. It'll also help you figure out how to organize your digital records, your physical records, your actual workspace, and it will help you identify which processes you need to document in your business. That's what those simple exercises can ultimately help you figure out. And that is the framework for creating your business infrastructure. Alicia, I love the way you describe that for a bunch of reasons. <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is that sometimes, you know, even in this very digital information age world that we live in, sometimes the simplest tools are the right tools for the job. And when you're trying to visualize something, I could visualize in my mind just hearing you talk about using the index cards to identify things that are happening, you know, tasks within the business. And then the idea of a stick figure to represent, well, who's actually doing that work? That's something people could do right now immediately. And just you could take 20, 30 minutes and start playing with that and probably already get a whole bunch of light bulbs coming on. So that's super valuable that you left with us. And we want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's just been fantastic to speak with you. Oh, you both are so amazing. Thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners? Absolutely. If you heard something and it's triggered a thought and you're curious to know more about how to use these stick figures and these index cards and to create some of the different outputs that we talked about, like your job descriptions, organizational charts, processes, definitely check out my book, which is Behind the Facade. How to Structure Company Operations for Sustainable Success. You can find it anywhere books are sold online. But if you still want to actually see how these exercises are performed, check out my new online course. It's called The Smooth Operator. And you can find that course at smoothoperator.courses. Our guest today has been Alicia Butler-Pierre founder and CEO of Equilibria, and author of the two-time Amazon bestseller, Behind the Facade, How to Structure Company Operations for Sustainable Success. You can learn more about Alicia, as well as find links to her book and online course, all on our website at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.